from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning and happy Monday, security gang, and welcome to an exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, Monday, August 7th, 2023. In, in, in a little bit, I'll be making my way out west to the Hacker Summer Camp in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, one of my favorite events to attend. Uh, I love Black Hat and DEF CON. I'll be in town, so come hang out. So tomorrow's show will still be from the studio. Wednesday, Thursday, we'll be in Vegas. And yes, I'll be doing it at the same time, which means I'll be going to sleep after I finish. I'm kidding. I'll be waking up super early, getting y'all the show live from Vegas, and then uh, uh, starting my day, obviously, uh, in the city that does not sleep. Uh, the city of Las Vegas, Nevada, especially during Hacker Summer Camp. So can't wait to see all of y'all in Vegas. If you're in town, please ping me. Let me know. Come by, hang out. We'll be at the Palazzo shooting some great podcasts with my good friend, Danny Wolf, Chris Roberts, and so many other great individuals. Um, so come by, stop by, say hello. Otherwise, I'll probably see you walk in the floor or potentially at one of the many events That'll be taking place there in beautiful Las Vegas. Shout out to Blind Spot Security, uh, one of our partners at the event, Pantera, um, another one, and Mesmo. So some really exciting partners for the show. We've got another slot, I believe, available. Um, and, and so come by, check it out as well. So without further ado, we've got a packed show this morning. And I mean packed, packed. A lot happened over the weekend. Heading into Black Hat with a lot of really, really good conversations to be had. So join me for our traditional here Monday morning coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. And we need it this morning. Kids in Georgia, by the way, are back to school, including my my, my very young one who starts school today. So coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. For all the parents that are listening while taking your kids to school or driving away from school and you're stuck in that rush hour traffic, I'm sorry. But let's start off with what happened over the weekend in California. Um, it also happened in Texas, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania a cyber attack that systematically took down one hospital system with locations in all of those states, forcing some emergency rooms to close, ambulances to get diverted, and primary care services remain closed on Friday. This attack started on Thursday. Um, as experts continue to work to see the extent of the problem and resolve it, the security incident, which began on Thursday at facilities operated by the Prospect Medical Holding Group, which is based in California, but at hospitals and clinics in California, in Texas, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania. They took all of their systems offline to protect them, launched an investigation with the help of a third-party cybersecurity specialist. They said, in a, in a, according to their statement, and the investigation continues. They're focusing on addressing the pressing needs of our patients while they work diligently to return to normal operations as quickly as possible. In Connecticut, the emergency department at Manchester Memorial and Rockville General Hospital were closed for much of Thursday, Patients were diverted to other by nearby medical center. So the team at National Prospect is working and evaluating the impact of the attack on all organizations, according to Chief Operating Officer Jillian Menzel. Um, so elective surgeries, outpatient appointments, blood drives, and other services were suspended. And while the emergency departments reopened late on Thursday, many primary care services were closed on Friday, according to the Eastern Connecticut Health Network, which runs some of those facilities. In Pennsylvania, the attack affected services at facilities, including the Crozier Chester Medical Center in Upland, Taylor Hospital in Ridley Park, Delaware County Memorial Hospital in Drexel Hill, and Springfield Hospital in Springfield, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. 
So we don't know the full details yet. And and I haven't been able to confirm some of the details. So I'm not going to run with what some of the local news stuff they brought on their cyber experts uh, <laughs> to talk about this and go, well, this is probably ransomware. There's one thing to point out here. The fact is that they, there's, they either hit something central that interconnects this networks to hospitals because i doubt all of them sat on on the, on the same network because hipaa they'd be in violation of hipaa regulation right so so chances are every facility had its own network but chances are there was chances are not chances but likely the reason they did this is because there's some sort of interconnector some sort of flow that of of data traffic and network traffic that goes between the California headquarters to all of their facilities, which led to them taking the precaution, potentially based on what they've seen or what they think they have in their environment to go ahead and shut everything down in order to really clear it out. So there's that. Now, where's their continuity in terms of shutting down emergency rooms? Why couldn't they revert to something else? That's a different question to be had, and we can do that once we get more details on this event. The Colorado Department of Higher Education is warning of a massive data breach impacting students in Colorado. The notice of data incident, which was published on the Colorado Department of Higher Education website, says that they suffered a ransomware attack on June 19th of this year. They became aware that they were a victim of a cybersecurity ransomware incident that impacted their network. They took steps to secure the network. They've been working with third-party specialists to conduct a thorough investigation and are also worked to restore systems and return to normal operation. According to the CDHE, this tactic was used on their, the ransomware tactic was used on their network uh, between June 11th and June 19th. During the time they stole approximately 13 years of history between 2004 to 2020. The data stolen is significant. It impacts uh, the following students, past students and teachers who attended a public institutions of higher education in Colorado between 2007 to 2020, attended a pub- Colorado public high school between 2004 to 2020, had a Colorado K-12 public school educator license between 2010 and 2014, participated in the Dependent Tuition Assistant Program from 2019 to 2013, participated in the Colorado Department of Education Adult Education Initiative Program from 2013 to 2017, or if you've obtained a GED from 2007 to 2011, you might have been impacted. The uh, breach impact includes Names, social security numbers, dates of birth, addresses, proof of addresses, including statements and bills, photocopies of government IDs, and for some police reports or complaints regarding identity theft. Due to the sensitive nature, they're providing identity theft monitoring for 24 months. So we'll see how this one pans out as well. Hawaii's Gemini North Observatory was, has suspended operations after what they believe to be a cyber attack, and that's also shut down the sister site in Chile, the National Science Foundational National Optical Infrared Astronomy Research Laboratory, or NUR Lab, which is the U.S. Center for Ground-Based Optical Infrared Astronomy, detected an attempted cyber attack on its computer system. That led them to do one thing, turn it all off. Love that. Because I wonder what incident response plan just says, turn it all off. I guarantee you there's very few plans that say, turn it all off when you think something is happening. Um, that an executive signs off on, and then when it does happen, they turn it all off. Gemini North is one of the only two telescopes at the Gemini Observatory and is part of an international science partnership between various countries, including the U.S., Canada, and Chile. The other telescope, which is located in uh, Quiero Pachon in 
uh, Chile uh, has been shut down as well as they investigate this. There's no word yet on what type of attack this is. Now we'll move to vulnerabilities and software issues, and there's a bunch of those as well this morning. Will paper cut exposing a critical bug to unpatched servers that leads to RCE attack, CVE 2023-39143. The flaw results from a chain of two-path traversal weaknesses discovered by a Horizon 3 security researchers that enable threat actors to read, delete, and upload arbitrary files on compromised systems following low-complexity attacks that don't require user interaction. While it only impacts servers in a non-default configuration where the external device integration setting is toggled, Horizon 3 said that in a report published on Friday that most Windows PaperCut servers have it enabled. The setting is only on by default with certain installations of PaperCut, such as PaperCut NG, commercial version, or PaperCut MF. Based on the sample data they've collected from real-world environments, they estimate the vast majority of installations and running on Windows with the external uh, device integration setting turned on. So there's a path to check if it is. Admins who cannot immediately install security updates can only add the IP addresses that need access to the allow list. A Shodan search shows around 1,800 papercut servers currently exposed online, although not many could be vulnerable to this specific CVE. Papercut servers were targeted earlier this year by ransomware gangs by exploiting another critical unauthenticated RCE vulnerability, CV 2023-27350 and 27351. Y'all remember that back in April. And so this is a second one for those victims. Threat actors have also been observed abusing an open source tool called named Cloudflare. This one specifically is a command line client for a Cloudflare tunnel, a tunneling daemon for proxy traffic between the Cloudflare network and the user's origin. The tool creates an outbound connection over HTTPS with the connection setting manageable via the Cloudflare Zero Trust dashboard. Though through Cloudflare, services such as SSH, RDP, SMB, and others are directly accessible from the outside without having to modify any firewall rules. For a threat actor, this represents a great opportunity to maintain access to a victim environment without really exposing themselves. However, the attacker does not need to access the target system to execute the Cloudflare and establish a connection. Since it only requires the token associated with the tunnel they've created, the attacker can initiate these commands without exposing any of their configurations on the victim machine prior to a successful tunnel connection, according to GuidePoint. Once the tunnel has been established, Cloudflare keeps the configuration in the running process, which allows the attacker to make changes on the fly. Once the connection has been established, all the attacker needs is for RDP and SMB to be enabled on the victim machine. From the victim machine perspective, the configurations are pulled at the initiation of the connection, and whenever there's a change made to the Cloudflare tunnel config, the tunnel updates as soon as the configuration changes is made in the Cloudflare dashboard. So given that it's a legitimate tool, it's being abused by attackers to gain access, sit there on private networks and actually uh, establish a tunnel um, once it's done. So um, a real threat there and something to keep in mind. Organizations using services could potentially limit the service to specific data centers and generate detections for traffic like Cloudflare tunnels that route to anywhere except their specified data center. This method could aid in the detection of an authorized tunnel, according to the folks over at GodPoint. Clop ransomware are now using Turrence to leak data and evade takedowns. The gang has moved once again and altered their extortion tactics. They're now using tor- Turrence to leak stolen data and their move-it attacks. This started on May 27th, and now we're in August 7th, so the gang has updated and changed their tactics several times, according to security researcher Dominic Alvieri, 
first spotted this new tactic, turns have been created for 20 victims, including Aon, KNL, Gates, Putnam, Delaware Life, Zurich, Brazil, and Hel- uh, Heidelberg. As part of the new extortion method, Klopp has set up a new Tor site, providing instructions on how to use Torrent clients to download the leaked data and list of magnet links for the 20 victims. You can kind of see that screenshot right there from the folks over at Bleeping Computer. As Torrents use peer-to-peer transfer among different users, the transfer speeds are faster than traditional door data leak sites, so they're getting this data out there much faster, selling it at greater speeds, and that works for them as well. So there's that. The 5i agency, which consists of Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the UK, and the US, have published a list of software vulnerabilities that are most frequently exploited in malicious attacks in 2022. The list includes CVE 2018-13379 or the Fortinet SSL VPN, CVE 2021-34473, and 34523, which is the Microsoft Exchange proxy shell. CVE 2021-40539 or the Zeho Manage Engine, AD Self-Service Plus, CVE 2021-26084, and 2022-26134, the Altesian Confluence. CV 2021-44228, log for shell y'all, if you don't remember that one. CVE 2022-229-54 and 229-60, the VMware product line. And CVE 2022-1388, the F5 Big IP. And CVE 2022-301-90, the Windows Folina. Additionally, they call attention to 30 other known vulnerabilities that were routinely exploited in attacks from Apache, Citrix, F5, Fortinet, Avanti, Microsoft, Oracle, QNAP, SAP, SonicWall, VMware, WSO2, and Zimbra. So the secure software development framework is out, and they're kind of trying to bring attention to that as well. And we'll end with Bangladeshi hacktivists targeting India and Israel with DDoS attacks in a surprising report by the Group IB. So cybersecurity firm Group IB has looked at the Bangladeshi Hacktivist Collective, which was founded in 2020 by a threat actor who goes by the name of uh, Dark TSN. However, the group only began to garner attention last year after a series of cyber attacks against high-level targets in India and Israel. And you can tell that 34 of their, 34% of their attacks target India, 18% of their attacks target Israel, with 10% hitting Senegal and 86 at the Netherlands and 123 in Australia. So... These hacktivists target the government, financial, and transportation industry. They're predominantly uh, motivated by uh, religion and politics, is seems to be the case. In February, they went after organizations in Sweden, potentially triggered by the fact that Sweden allowed a man to burn the Quran. Uh, another time, they went after um, Anonymous Sudan, who also, uh, they didn't go after Anonymous Sudan. Around the same time, another group, Anonymous Sudan, attacked Sweden for the same reason. The attack on Australian organizations that have been triggered by the use of the word Allah, the clothing design showcased during a fashion show in Melbourne. Um, and obviously, uh, India and Israel, by the way, have a huge defense agreement, uh, very large. They share a ton of stuff back and forth between those countries. There's a lot of cooperation. And so uh, India being a natural kind of nemesis to the Bangladeshi, Israel helping them, obviously being the only Jewish state there. And uh um, the, the, the fact that they feed him the Palestinian cause uh, will do just that to them as well. So they're motivated there. So there's that. That's it for our show this morning. Tomorrow, before we head out to Black Hat, then in Black Hat, if you're around, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, come by, say hello. Look forward to seeing everyone in a hot 
Vegas. Until then, have a great rest of your day. I'll have a great week. Make sure to hydrate and wear comfortable shoes while you're in Vegas and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.